You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Rua Space Podcast. I am Phil Vestal. And I am Erin, and we are so glad to have you here with us today, where we explore how we can make space for the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives. And today's podcast episode is the third in our Bible study series, our study series on what does the Bible say about. And we're studying different spiritual disciplines and looking at what historical and biblical context there is for practicing this different these different disciplines, as well as kind of what church traditions might have taught us and what we can do with them today. So it's a big a big topic, and uh, we're going to cram as much in as we can today. And today's focus is about prayer. Yeah, kind of helping to lay the foundation for um, so many things we have in the works on how to pray, different types of prayer. And of course, Ultimately, all the spiritual disciplines are kind of a form of prayer. It is all about communication with God. And so really, that would probably be our basic definition of prayer, is it is communication that brings us deeper into our love relationship with God. Now, many of you are probably thinking, I don't need to listen to this episode. I already know what prayer is. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've probably prayed at some point in time for many different reasons. And so we wanted to kind of come at it from a slightly different angle and hopefully discuss some of the things that we can end up taking for granted the longer we pray, but I think are beautiful aspects of the invitation of our Father to come before Him. And so one of the first I can think of is from the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. For me, this is kind of foundational to prayer. The passage tells us, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now this passage is talking about the fact that Jesus is our high priest, and um, we have a high priest who can sympathize with us, and so we get to approach the throne with grace. Now this is amazing because if you think back to the Old Testament, Testament, God was believed to physically dwell in one location on earth, the tabernacle and then in the temple that was in Jerusalem. And there was a sense in which the further you were physically from the temple, there's almost a sense in which further that was you were further from God. And the temple was built in such a way that it actually restricted different people groups from getting closer to God. So there were walls and dividers up that allowed, um, if you weren't a Jew, you could go this far. And if you were a woman, you could go this far. Right. If you were a man, you could go in another section. And then you had to be a holy man to go in further. And so each place was more selective. So you would re- it would require you to have the people closer in communing with God on your behalf because you physically couldn't get to God to have his ear. So right, like like the like the Holy of Holies, the room that was the most inner room with the Ark of the Covenant where God's glory literally was, the high priest could only even go in one day a year. So there was definitely this divide of the people. I mean, this is why the Western Wall in Jerusalem is seen to be so important today. It's also known as the Wailing Wall. So if <laughs> yes. you've Western Wall, probably a little more respectful, but uh, but there are multiple ways to see it. Absolutely. Um, But that's the place where they see that they can get closest to where the temple was. But then when Jesus is on the cross, this amazing thing happens. It tells us that the temple curtain was torn in half from top to bottom. And that's the one that separated the Holy of Holies, where God's presence was dwelling in the temple from 
the people of Israel. So literally the temple curtain that split God off from the people was no longer a physical barrier. Right. And then what's awesome then is Jesus says when you're in him, the Holy Spirit dwells in you and now you are the temple of the Lord. So we're like moving, living, breathing temples where God is just present all the time. And Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really easy to take for granted, but it's like we can approach God anytime, anywhere. Well, and this was a revolutionary idea too, because now you don't have to be a holy, the most holy priest to be able to talk to God. You don't have to only be a man to talk to God. You don't even have to be an Israelite to talk to God. Anybody. I mean, Jesus makes it clear that that God's ear is open now to Gentiles, to Jews, to men, to women, to children. Everybody now has the ability to communicate and commune with God, which is revolutionary. It's groundbreaking. Jesus (laughs) is our high priest. He's the one in that Holy of Holies, but then opens it through the Spirit. So now Mm -hmm. we can approach God anytime. You know, Richard Foster has this really, um, I think it's a really good description of the fact that God wants to connect with us. And prayer is one Mm. of the main ways that we do that. And so in his book, literally called Prayer, he says this, he says, we do not need to be shy. He invites us into the living room of his heart where we can put on old slippers and share freely. He invites us into the kitchen of his friendship where chatter and batter mix in good fun. He invites us into the dining room of his strength where we can feast to our heart's delight. He invites us into the study of his wisdom where we can learn and grow and stretch and ask all the questions we want. He invites us into the workshop of his creativity, where we can be co-laborers with him, working together to determine the outcomes of events, uh, working together. He invites us into the bedroom of his rest. That sounds really nice. (laughs) Where new peace is found and where we can be naked and vulnerable and free. It is also the place of deepest intimacy, where we know and are known to the fullest. I think that's the key part, that prayer Mm -hmm. is God is like always speaking we are now invited to join in this love conversation Mm. where we're invited to become intimate with God. We're invited to know God and be known by God, not just in our mind, like, oh, I know things about God. Just like, oh, I could know things about my spouse or about my kids, but you have an experiential knowledge where you're actually with that other person. Mm. And this is like God saying, my house is open. You get to come in. And so for us, all of these spiritual disciplines that we're talking about are about entering God's presence in conversation, where we both speak and listen, where Mm. we are known and know. It's interesting because I'm going to bring in a little psychology here. Um, but again, I'm going back to Ruth Haley Barton and Sacred Spaces. Bear with me, people. Surprise, I, pro- surprise, surprise. <laughs> I promise I read other books too. <laughs> um, I just really like hers. Uh, she had it on in her chapter on prayer. She brings up an interesting point. She says, from a psychological perspective, we will tend to relate to God in the same way we will tend to relate to other people. And so in that sense, I think one of the things we aren't talking about enough as a church is knowing your own story and your own background and what your tendencies are because there's a very human tendency within us to pray and interact with God the same way we would with people. So Mm. if you are typically a hesitant person around other people, um, it is more likely that you will be hesitant going before your God. If you are um, a more outgoing person, very, very confident, you're going to exhibit those same relationship tendencies. Um, Just a tangent, because I think that's fascinating to think about and be aware of. 
Well, and I think that has significant implications for why we come to God to pray. Mm. I mean, I think for, for many people, and I've even had experiences of this at different points in my life, we go and there's a problem yeah. or like God help me, right? A lot of like intercession or a lot of um, uh, requesting, requesting <laughs> you know, um, and, and sometimes we then also feel bad if we're in a situation where we're mad or we're angry or we have doubts or confusion. Mm. There's a lot in our current church culture, and not every church, but there's a lot out there that's like, well, you can't take those feelings to God. Mm. If you just had enough faith, you'd be okay. Yeah, It wouldn't be that painful. You wouldn't question God. Right. Yet we look at the Psalms, and this is what I love about the Psalms. I mean, think about something about Psalm 88, for example, when this is just, the psalmist just railing about his anger, right? Mm -hmm. And how many times the psalmist asks, how long, oh God, where are you? What is happening? And of course, there's good times too. God is worthy of all our praise. God is so amazing, so beautiful. And then there's times of prayers of repentance. And, and to me, what that opens up is prayer is the invitation to take everything to God. Mm. And for us, that's the foundation of if we want to, if, if we to me, if we were to sum up, what does the Bible say about prayer and a couple things, it'd be an invitation into an intimate relationship with God, no matter what we're experiencing in mm -hmm. life. That's the foundation of everything. So if you're angry at God, if you're angry at a person, if you've been through a loss and you're struggling getting over it, if your heart's been broken, if you're sad, if you're confused, or if you're elated and joyful, it, God wants us to bring all of it to him. Mm -hmm. I like, um, I had a mentor who was walking me through a tough time and her advice to me was to remember that our God is big enough to handle my feelings. There's nothing I feel that's going to scare him away. Right. Even though there were people who would be scared away by the intensity of my feelings, um, God could not be. He was going to be there and be a trustworthy, dependable friend and counsel and um, guide for me during that time when I was just lost and yeah. and confused. And it helped tremendously to keep that in mind when I was praying because I didn't have any happy feelings to, to bring before oh. God and I couldn't manufacture them. So it was either stop my faith journey for a period until I could get happy feelings back or interact with God and even in my anger and my distress yeah. and my upset. And um, you know what? I came out of it stronger for that than if I had tried to pray the really pious, happy, perfect prayer that um, I think in my mind I had kind of epitomized as the way I should approach God. And mm -hmm. there was something scary about going before God with very raw emotions and genuine feelings that weren't all necessarily biblical <laughs> or, um, you know, like, quote unquote, God approved, you know. But that's a part but, of our tradition is going to God with those very things. Right. But I don't think that's a popular way that we are taught how to pray. Like we no. talk about prayer a lot in church and we pray a lot with church people, but I don't think... It's common to find that raw, genuine, right. deep emotion. Because Pastors don't usually rail against God on Sunday morning. <laughs> not <It's>, typically. <laughs> or express their doubts and confusion. Not in um, public. That's another episode all on its own. <laughs> um, no, but there is that sense, right? Like, even if we're having a hard time, I think in Christian circles, when we're with our, our peers, we, we tend to make it kind of look tidy and holy, right? Like, oh, this is really tough, but I know God's with me. I know he's going to be faithful. And it's like, yeah, you can know that. And that's definitely true. But there's also a sense where it's like, 
I just don't get it. And what is yeah. going on? And um, I don't think we always, we don't let many people into that raw emotion circle. I mean, sometimes I don't think we even let our spouses or family in that close because it's just so not what we quote unquote are supposed to do or look like. Well, that's the psychology part again, right? Yeah. Like we, we <laughs> take to God what we're used to taking presenting to other people or other mm-hmm. people and that reminds me of the sermon on the mount i mean jesus in matthew 7 says this he says for everyone who asks receives the one who seeks finds and one who knocks it'll be opened which one of you if his son asks him for bread will give him a stone or if he asks for a fish will give him a serpent if you then who are evil know how to good how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him so right there jesus is just straight up saying you have a father in heaven who cares about where you are mm. who cares and has opened the door we didn't earn that door being opened we didn't come to god it's like we love god because god first loved us right our prayer both speaking and listening is always a response to what God has already done and is currently doing. And God's a living God, right? And so that means we don't just approach God from the past. It's like, no, God is speaking and alive and present now. And I think what else in the Sermon on the Mount kind of connected to that is in Matthew 6, he says, when you pray, um, do not heap up empty phrases the Gentiles do, for they think they will be heard for their many mm. words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And what I love about that is, and there's many ways to take that teaching, but to me, he's saying two things. One, you don't need to get God's attention. Mm. Like, you think about all the ancient gods, right? There was always a question of, have I done enough? Have I sacrificed enough? And of course, this is why sacrifices always increased, right? To the fact point right. where people were sacrificing their children. Because it was like, oh, the gods are mad. They We don't have their attention. We need, need to, to please them more. and better things. Right. And he's like, you don't need to do something to get God's attention. All you have to actually do is create the space to come into that presence. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, God already knows what you need before you yeah. ask. So. That sort of begs. So I think the first encouragement is God's face and ear, which I guess physiologically, I don't know how you do that, but God's face and ear (laughs) are are both turned toward you already. Mm. You've already got God's ear. His face is already smiling toward you. It's sort of the question of, have you turned toward God? See, it's never that God's turned away from us and we're yelling and trying to get God's attention. It's that we're often facing the wrong direction and don't see God looking to us. But that's the beautiful invitation of prayer is we get to come into God's presence, hear God's voice, share our thoughts, share our feelings. And ultimately, then, if God already knows what we need, and this is kind of another point of what does the Bible say about prayer? Prayer is meant to shape us. And not saying it doesn't do something to God, right? There's plenty of examples throughout scripture, like Abraham asking God for things. Um, There's examples where people ask God for things and God does what they ask. Like Sodom and Gomorrah. If if they could find this many... Holy people. Yeah, righteous people. <laughs> right, yeah, thank you. Right, of course. <laughs> then it won't be destroyed. Right. right. And, and he keeps kind of ta- bringing the number down, right? And so it does affect God, but we don't quite have the infinite wisdom to always understand why God does answer some prayers right. or doesn't answer others. Um, but here's what we do know. We know God is good, and God always wants to give us good things. And so we also know from Romans, God works together all things for the good of, of those who love him, who know him according to his will, right? Um, but there's a significant aspect of prayer that is meant to shape 
us. Mm-hmm. It is, like, think of the Lord's Prayer. It starts with a praise to God, moves on to a submission to God's will of, you know, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Give us this day our daily bread. It's recognizing that all of everything every day comes from God. Forgive us our sins as we forgive others. Don't, you know, lead us on temptation, deliver us from evil. And then we finish with another praise for yours right. is the kingdom, power and glory. That's all about God. And there's a sense in which when we pray that, we we turn over what we need, what we want. But we also, in a sense, are, by going through the prayer, we are submitting, we are reorienting our life mm-hmm. to God. So prayer is a shaping practice. Just like we're talking about all the spiritual yeah. disciplines, they're meant to shape us. And prayer shapes us, even if we're angry with God we're still taking it to God. So there's a sense in which if you take it to God, there's a sense in which you're turning it over to God Mm. because you're trusting God enough with it to take it to him. And I think too, one of the things I had come across while I was um, researching about prayer and the history of how people have prayed, one of the things I came across was the intercessory prayer where we're asking God for things and saying like, you know, we, we know that's what we do oftentimes in public settings, right? People will say prayer requests and then we do intercessory prayer for one another. Great. And one thing I heard that really caught my attention um, was the idea that we don't also have to manufacture the answer we want from God. Hmm. So sometimes I think what holds us back from praying freely is because we don't really know the entirety of what we're praying for or we don't know what we want to happen we just know there's a problem and so we start manufacturing well okay god why don't you if you could please you know so and so is sick and they really need your healing right now and if you could heal them by this time or let the doctors this that the other and they say you know what really god has the answer and god wants what's best so it's enough to bring a request before god Mm. And say, God, they are sick and it breaks our heart. Yeah. And we can ask and just for sit it, with but, that. but you just sit with you it, can, right. You can ask, but there's, I find it very freeing as a perfectionist and person who likes to have the right answers and the right mm-hmm. way to do things. I find it freeing that I don't need to have the answers yeah. in order to go to God. Right. Because I think that has been... A block. So any of you who have my personality type, <laughs> and we should talk about that at some point, um, you just know you don't need all the answers to go to God, and you don't need to have the answer to pray for the answer. It's okay if all you can do is go before God, and you don't even have the words sometimes. Right. You just literally like, God, I'm here, <laughs> and that might be as far as you get, Well, that's Romans but 8. he will meet you there. Right. That's Romans 8. That it even says the spirit intercedes with us for groanings too deep for words. Mm. So there's a sense in which sometimes we don't know what to pray. And I guess that's my hope and, and connected to what you just said then is my hope for what people would understand is then when we're doing meditation, when we're doing Lectio Divina, when we're practicing fasting, we're practicing silence or solitude or celebration or any, you know, any of these spiritual disciplines, Bible study that we're discussing, that we would see them as forms of prayer mm-hmm. and that there's an invitation that you don't need to be perfect. You don't need mm-hmm. to have it all together. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have the answer. You don't even need to have the words. I mean, that's mm-hmm. one of the beauties of Psalms is sometimes it's like, just use their words. Because the Psalm is actually yeah. God's words to us. It's God's revelation. But it's like God giving us the words to give to God. Mm. It's a, it's like a circle that. through Christ, through yeah. the Holy Spirit that's in us. And then the Holy Spirit, it says even groanings too deep for words. Right. And that's why silence and solitude and meditation and Lectio Divina, these more listening practices are so key. Mm-hmm. Because if we're constantly bringing words 
we might miss that deeper groaning, mm-hmm. right? So there's something to that silence, but th- mm-hmm. we're just invited to take it all to God yeah. and ultimately submit it to God and trust because God is a good father who wants good things for us. God's face and ear is already turned toward mm-hmm. us. God already knows what we need. God is on the throne of the universe. Right. And so we get to just approach the throne, as Hebrew said, with confidence mm-hmm. in Christ. I had a thought while you were talking. This is related because it's about prayer, but it's <laughs> but I'm going to take it a slightly different direction. Um, something that has come up recently with uh, with people has been the concern that they can't do all of this all of the time right. because they work or they have a job or they have family or. And so one of the things that struck me is I liked when you talked about the Psalms give us the words to pray. And we've talked a little about intercessory prayer. You've touched on praying through the Lord's Prayer. And we'll go on all those things in depth over time. Which we will. And I'm so excited for that because we have <laughs> we have ideas to share with you. Um, but I want to also say that different seasons of your life, mm. you'll probably find different forms of prayer to be most fitting. And that's not a bad thing. That's right. not wrong. There may be a season where you literally pray by just like saying God's name and waiting for something to happen. There might be seasons when you pray and you're praying through, you know, um, oh gosh, the word for it, prayer warrior, where you're praying through the the requests and needs of other people and sure. you're, you're doing that. Um, so when we're mentioning all these different things, please free yourself from feeling a concern about needing to do all of these right. um, all the time, even the monks do other things in their day. Yeah, so, it's like tools in um, a tool belt where you don't right. always use the, you know, some may hit home for you more and you may have days or seasons when you can do them for longer. And other times it's going to have to be very different. What it and, can be. And be what it can be. Mm-hmm. But the one challenge I would offer is no matter what is going on, again, and this goes back to the art of making space, of consider something worthy of cutting Mm. out if you can enter in that other time now of course there's days when you have three kids and they're all puking and you also have to work and then you have you know you have all this and it's like well where could i possibly have time for this right and that's where um i think even in that god understands yeah right god is a good father like just like you're running around caring for your kids and God gets that. God wants to do that for you. And so even in the midst of that, even just saying right now, like, God, I need your grace right now. Like that, mm. that is that one like little thing is a habit forming practice that is a prayer. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's in those moments when we don't have the time to do as much talking. Mm-hmm. We just just have a heart posture of, God, I want to commune with you. Right now things are crazy. Be with me in this. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's enough sometimes. It is. Well, and that's one of the things too. I really like uh, this quote from Henry Nowen. And he says, how can we possibly expect anyone to find real nurture comfort and consolation from a prayer life that taxes the mind beyond its limits and adds one more exhausting activity to the many already scheduled ones. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're saying is God gives prayer to us as a gift, an opportunity to come to him. And so um, use it as you will, as you can, but it's going to draw you closer to God. And this is not supposed to be something where you have to do X, Y, Z to get the proper results and um, 
I, d- I just don't, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's just me. No, no. <laughs> that finds I, that I, no, freeing I, to know it, it doesn't have to be a certain particular structure or one day. I mean, I have, I have a mentor who she prayed the most creative, cool prayers. I mean, every time I was with her, we would pray, like we pray, we would pray through the alphabet with God's name. And then the next time we were together, we'd pray through an acrostic and each one was a different trait of God. And I mean, she was just always thinking of these creative ways. And I used to feel guilt because I didn't, one, come up with stuff like that. And two, once she gave it to me, I'd forget to use it. And, um, but it's still, it was still a real beautiful thing. And I think so at some point, you know, when I don't have two toddlers, it'd be fun <laughs> to explore that more. Yeah. Um, but that idea that, you know, where you are today yeah. is okay and God will meet you there and he will accept you and love on you with right. whatever time and whatever words you do or don't have for yeah. him today. And then, and then maybe ask someone for the space. To say, hey, well, it's, been, it's been two days, <laughs> I haven't had any, you know, and take that 20 minutes and and take that time to sit in God's presence. Mm-hmm. Or, and we're going to put in a plug for our own episodes here, our <laughs> Lectio Divina episodes, 10, 15 minutes, plug it in when you're dry. I mean, we, you know, again, preferably you get the perfect situation of sitting in silence. But even if you have to throw it on in the car when driving around mm-hmm. and enter into that space, that's an opportunity. Or do it while you're taking a walk. Yeah. Um, I mean, I see a lot of moms walking around the knee neighborhood with you know they're listening to podcasts or music while they're walking with their kids that's a great chance too to plug that in and be able to pray while you walk absolutely or Um, just listen to the psalms yeah so also spend time with your kids so be (laughs) be present with your children yes that is worth it (laughs) but if you already have your earbuds in you you could pray (laughs) well brothers and sisters we are so grateful that you joined us for our third episode of what does the bible say about as you leave may you Know that you are invited by a loving God to approach the throne with confidence in Jesus Christ, that the Holy Spirit is in you, that God is alive and active, and God Mm -hmm. is inviting you into an intimate relationship of love in God's house right where you are to bring everything. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you are, God desires you to bring it to him and desires to be with you in it. So whatever that looks like for you, as we explore many ways, brothers and sisters, may you discover this loving relationship you have in your Savior. Grace and peace be with you. All right, friends, if you've enjoyed listening to us today, please do go and leave us a review. Give us uh, likes on Facebook, on iTunes podcasts. Um, where else are Twitter, we? Twitter, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram. YouTube's my mind, coming. my mind blanked. YouTube is coming. Is that this Sunday? Yeah, our first. Yeah, our first le- live lectio divina is going to be this Sunday evening at eight p.m. Central Time. Eight so, p.m. Eight p.m. Central Time. Not eight thirty. You want to do eight thirty? I don't know, 8.15? Let's do 8 8 o'clock Central Time. It'll be a Facebook Live event. Uh, We would love for you to join us. We'll do the Lectio Divina that is recorded for Monday, live Sunday evening. And then if people are on there live with us, then of course you can chat with us when the practice is over. Share your thoughts. Uh, We can share prayer requests for each other. That'll be Mm. a really fun way to form community. Absolutely. Yeah, please do join us. We're very excited about this new edition to the Rua space, uh, what do you call it? Space. Space. The Rua space space. (laughs) All right, brothers and sisters, we'll see you Sunday.